Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. So the strange flesh, and so the attention goes back to now the unbelieving apostates in verse 8. He says, likewise, also these dreamers, these apostates, who are going to suffer vengeance just like these fallen angels, just like these men and women going from the exodus who died in their unbelief in the wilderness. Likewise, these dreamers, these apostates, they defile the flesh and they reject authority and they speak evil of dignitaries. Welcome, everyone, to our Bible study on Truth in Christ Radio. Our scripture today says, They rejected authority. Sound familiar? When Jude pointed out that these certain men rejected authority, it meant that they wanted to be in charge. Therefore, they rejected the authority of God, and they rejected those God put in authority. Today, our culture encourages us to reject authority and to recognize self as the only real authority in our lives. We can do this with the Bible by choosing to only believe certain passages. Or we can do it with our lifestyle by making our own rules and not recognizing the proper authorities God has established. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. I don't understand what death and Hades. I understand what Hades is, and I understand the people who are contained in Hades. Notice that God is going to deliver that all up. And they were judged, each one according to his works. And then death and Hades, the, this, this container, if you will, of people, were cast into the lake of fire, which we know as Gehenna. This is the eternal judgment place that will never end. The lake of fire. And anyone found not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And so ultimately they will be judged. God is, appears to be going to be using them during the Great Tribulation period for his own purposes. Because you've got to understand, they're in chains under darkness, and they want revenge. They want to go out and destroy. That's what they're bent on doing. And they've been there for a long, long time. And when that angel finally comes and opens up that, whatever that is, that abuso, they're going to come out and they're not going to be happy. And God's going to allow it. He's going to allow them. He's prepared them for a time. And I believe that is the time that he is preparing for them. And that brings into uh, relief, really, the verse that we looked at in First Peter. Let me just read it to you. In First Peter chapter 3, this is kind of related, but somewhat different. It says, For Christ also suffered for sins. This is First Peter 3, beginning in verse 18. For Christ also suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Notice verse 19. This is the one. By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient. And he goes on here. 
And my point in this whole thing is, is Jesus, when he died on the cross, he went to Hades. Did he go there because he was a bad person? No. Because, look, I want you to underline a couple words. The word preached in verse 19 is a word that means, it's a Greek word, it means kariso, and it means to herald a victory. Does that make sense? Jesus didn't go to Hades because he was bad. No, he already took the sin of himself, of the world upon himself, but after his death, Somewhere between his, his death and maybe even his ascension. I don't know exactly when that happened, but at some point, he went down and he preached to those in everlasting chains. Because they were all about to stop him from even coming, to, coming forth to the earth. Remember in Genesis 6? Again, it's a, um, uh, what's the word I want? Uh, it's a conjecture, Maybe. But he went there to, to tell them of the victory over death and hell. Oh, hey, oh, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Remember the psalm? I believe that Jesus, when he spoke to those spirits, he, he was preaching to them, but the word is very different than preaching like you and I know it. You and I, when we preach, we share the gospel. It's a whole different word. In fact, the Bible calls it evangelizo. It's a whole different um, Greek verb. But this one, kariso, literally means to herald a victory. And why did he do that? Why did he go down there to tell them, your goose is cooked. Everything you tried to do has been foiled. Behold, I am here, risen from the grave. The seed of David, the great king, conquering death and hell, and your day is coming. You know, and again, I said this before, so forgive me because I am a boy. I just I, I I think of Clint Eastwood when I when I see this, I can't help it. I just I see the the look on it, you know, the leather look on his face and the hat and the and the forty four magnums on each side. Your goose is cooked. <laughs> and I don't mean to make light of this. Please don't. You know, I'm not trying to be uh, irreverent here, but it's it's a moment. It's 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 a victory. It's it's God basically sticking the finger in the eye of the enemy, saying you've lost. It's done. I like that. Don't you? Saying everything you did, tried to do, it's foiled, it's done. And you guys got some more time here. And ultimately you're going to be destroyed. You can look at, um, we kind of went into more detail on this, on a teaching that was done on 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. It was given actually on uh, April 7th of last year of 2019. You can see that on the online or on podcast. You can go back and you can listen to it. We go into a little more detail about that specific event. But let's go on now. But I wanted to establish this idea that these angels that were kept and, and for judgment for the last day, it goes all the way back to Genesis. And it goes through Job. These sons of God are angels. They're fallen angels. And God is going to hold them in this place for everlasting torment. And they're going to be in chains until he wants to release them in the tribulation period. And ultimately, at, after they're done doing their business, they're ultimately going to be sent to the lake of fire, as it says in Revelation 20. Does that make sense? So now we go on. And let's see. Let's just get down through... Um, Verse uh, 7, maybe 11. So notice uh, in verse 6 says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, 
but left their own habitation. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. And he goes on, notice, circle the word as. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in similar manner. Underline that phrase, in similar manner, and circle the word as, because he's drawing a comparison. Judah's comparing these fallen angels or these sons of God and their unholy sexual union with human women, he's comparing them with Sodom and Gomorrah and their lust for strange flesh. Because what does it say in verse 7? It says, In a like manner to these, Sodom and Gomorrah, having given given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And so this is interesting because this word strange literally means heteros. It's, it's a Greek word which means other or another form of, of, of not the same kind, a different class. It's different. Does that make sense? Wouldn't you agree that an angelic being who has been, who is standing physically before you is made of something different than you and I? There's something different. Wouldn't you agree? Different DNA, something. I don't know what it is with them, but it's, it's quite a bit different. So the strange flesh. And so the attention goes back to now the unbelieving apostates in verse 8. He says, likewise, also these dreamers, these apostates, who are going to suffer vengeance just like these fallen angels, just like these men and women going from the Exodus who died in their unbelief in the wilderness. Likewise, these dreamers, these apostates, They defile the flesh, and they reject authority, and they speak evil of dignitaries. In Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, Paul says this, he says, For this reason, and he's speaking to, again, false teachers and apostates, he says, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, they burned in their lust to one another, men and men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them up. And here's the sad thing about a heart that is bent on going against the Lord Jesus Christ, is there's coming a point where God will give you up to those passions. And this is the scary part. This is where we never want to go. And if you know people that are like this, Say, you know, uh, tell them the truth. Love on them. Bring them to church. I would encourage everyone here today. There's somebody who lives next door to you. There's somebody in your community that you've talked to recently. Invite them to church. Invite them here. Bring them. Take them to lunch next door if they're not comfortable hanging out with all of us smiling. I get that. Not everybody's comfortable with a bunch of Christians at first. Take them next door. Bless our tenants. You know, take them to the restaurant next door, but bring someone next week, if not next week, the next week. Always think about who you can bring. We got to do it, folks. We got to get the message out there. And who better than the people who are surrounding us right where we live? Just invite them. Say, come, come and come to church with me. I'll buy you breakfast. You can leave afterwards, immediately afterwards, if you don't want to. You can run out screaming if you'd like. But come, you got to hear. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's how I got saved. I heard the Word of God, I responded. They're no different. Invite somebody, and always be thinking about inviting someone, a family member, a friend, a co-worker, whoever it is. Don't just go through the status quo of life. Be active, 
be purposeful. Invite, invite, invite them. And talk to them personally, one-on-one. We have to invite them. But notice, you know, these dreamers, they defile the flesh. And I think I just read in Romans of, of different ways they can defile the flesh. And in our culture today, there's, there's no holds barred on anything. Everything is out in the open. It's really ridiculous. Horrible, filthy things happening in our culture. Horrible, filthy things happening in the church. We have to wake up. We have to take stock in what's going on in our hearts and our minds. And we have to get serious. Because God will chasten those whom he loves. He's going to chasten me. He's going to chasten you. And why? Because he loves us. But take it seriously, brothers and sisters. The Lord Jesus Christ loves you. He paid the price for you. And he wants the best for you. And you're dying in your sin. You're holding on to things that you should have let go a long time ago. There's unforgiveness still in your heart that you're, you're still not willing to give up. There's people that you need to talk to that you've refrained from because you're so angry with them. You hate them. There's family members like that. You don't talk to them anymore. You've had it. But these, not believers, but these apostates, these dreamers who defile the flesh, they also, they reject authority. Isn't that one of the things that Paul said to Timothy that would happen in the last days in 2 Timothy verse 3? Or chapter 3, he says, But know this, that in the last times, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of who? God? No, they're going to be lovers of themselves, and they're going to be lovers of money. They're going to love money. It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of it. It's the desiring of it. i got to do anything to attain it, because I find security in having more money. I can do what I want with it. I can buy and make myself happy temporarily until I realize they got a bigger boat than I do. And then all of a sudden I got buyer's remorse. Has that ever happened to you? So is money really the, the thing that's going to make you happy? Is it going to fulfill you? But they're going to be lovers of money. They're going to be boasters. They're going to be proud. Boy, the world is so proud. There's so much pride in my heart. And I know that there's pride in your heart too. And boy, the Lord has a, an interesting way of somehow bringing that out. And unfortunately, sometimes it's right in front of an unbeliever. And boy, is that humbling. You ever had an unbeliever tell you something that you know is true? <laughs> They're acting more holy than you are. But yet they don't know Christ. And therefore, they are, there's no admittance to heaven for them. But for you and I, yes. Kind of an interesting paradox, isn't it? But notice, they'll be blasphemers. And here it is. They'll be disobedient to parents. They will reject authority. And it, and it starts in the home. It starts with a, a young person rejecting their parents, rejecting the authority. And then it happens on the workplace. And then, if and, and because the, the, things are so messed up, so many uh, so many uh, employers are having such a hard time getting good workers. They put up with all this nonsense because there's so few good people out there that they can trust that submits to their authority that will do what they want them to do. Instead, they hire somebody who wants to take over the business. Well, you're not doing it right. You should do it this way. And they're frustrated, but there's people. They reject authority. We've learned in the last couple of decades that crime does pay. 
and that there are no real bad consequences for most of the evil things that we might do. There's no deterrent today in our justice system, very little deterrent. I saw this in the news recently uh, in January, in the beginning of January, and I got, I'm looking at the screen snap of the, of the headline, and it says, California expands law against school suspension. Why am I bringing this up? Because of the rejecting of authority. That's why I'm bringing this up, is because that's the place we live in. And that's who these apostates, that's part of their MO, is rejecting authority. And look what's happening. In California, they expand the law against school suspension. It starts July 1st of this year, and this is what it is. Students can't be suspended for willful defiance or disruptiveness in the classroom. And the existing law applied to grades 1 through 3, but they just expanded it because it was such a great thing to begin with. They expanded it for grades 4 and 5. What a blessing, huh? You can do whatever you want. You can go up to your teacher and you can squirt her in the face with an acid and, and a squirt gun. I mean, I'm being a little exaggerating here, but you can go up and you can call her names. You can be disruptive to class. They can't send you home. When I did that stuff when I was little, principal spanked me with a paddle. Remember those days? And then my mother was called and she had to be called home from work. Very inconvenient for a parent to come in the middle of the day when their employer's paying them, they got to pick up the child. I would get another spanking. My mother applied the Board of Education to the seat of learning, <laughs> and it was effective. It was effective, but not now. You can get away with anything. Don't spank your child. Now, there's a difference between beating and, and spanking. With my daughter, I'd always say, you're going to get three. And I wouldn't do it when I was mad. I'd wait. If I was angry, I would wait, send her up to her room, and then I would wait until I wasn't angry. Then I'd say, there's three spankings coming, and that way I could graduate how much I needed. But there was never left any marks on her for more than, you know, two weeks. <laughs> I'm only kidding. There was, <laughs> there was no marks on her after 15, 20, 30 minutes. The redness goes away. She's learned a lesson. I haven't beat her. She learns a lesson. But not today. We know better. Psychologists say you ruin their self-esteem. And now we've got a whole bumper crop of kids growing up that reject authority because there is no authority. They've never learned authority. My mom is a retired police officer, and she told me, and my brother is a major, actually on the sheriff's department down in Lee County, and he remember, they remember when they first started on the road many years ago that there was a reverence, there was a respect for the police officer. It was fading, but there was a respect for authority. And when somebody would turn on the gumballs and, you know, the, the lights in the car and he'd pull somebody over, that person was like straight as an arrow, you know, and they were very uh, congenial, very forthright, whatever you need, very kind um, you know, and there was a respect, right? But not anymore. Young juveniles can walk up to a police officer and spit on him. They can call him all kinds of names right to his face, and he can't do a thing about it. He can't, he can't even carry a gun. In some places, you can't even carry a gun. It's like, what, what are you going to do if it really comes down, you know? So what's my point? We're breeding... Uh, a culture, a culture has already been bred, actually. 
rejecting authority. And what do you think the end of that is? It's really, really, really ugly. And you're seeing it. And we're seeing it, aren't we? The only solution, and I'm going to stop here. The only solution for all of this nonsense is for people to wake up and get in their right mind. Nobody's thinking anymore. They're not even thinking biblically. They're not even thinking rightly. Our culture has to wake up. The administrators in the schools, they're too afraid to apply any kind of discipline at all. Like California. Kid can shoot spitballs at the teacher all day. And nothing happens. Because if you send Johnny down to the principal's office, the parent might sue the school. You're interrupting my work day. I think some of the parents, they need Jesus just like everyone else. Amen. It's not so much the kids' fault. It's many of the parents. But this is the kind of thing that is very applicable to us today. What I'm reading to you is very applicable. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, these things are happening. All kinds of strange things. But I want to encourage you, and then we'll end here, is don't get bogged down in all of this darkness. You know, this is a, a, a difficult letter. We've been, you know, these last few letters, these short epistles have been very meaty. They've been very focused on heresy and false teachers and things of that nature. I'm looking forward to getting beyond it, honestly. But it needs to be said. It needs to be read. We need to be cognizant of it. And we need to take stock in our own relationship with the Lord and say, Lord, whatever I'm doing right now that is just against your will, if I'm playing games with you, Lord, I want to stop today. I want to reboot. I want to reboot today. Do you want God to just reboot you and start fresh again? Do you know that every time you confess your sin, it's a reboot? When you confess, what does the Bible say? He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. As if you had never done it. The devil will say, did you see what he did? And the Lord, I don't know, what, what, did, what did he do? I've already forgiven him for that. It's in the sea of forgetfulness. Somewhere back there, I have a perfect memory, and I can forget perfectly too. It's under the blood of Christ. So what's the problem? Boy, that must frustrate the devil. But, beloved, you are loved by God. Do you know that? Do you know that all the things you're going through right now is not for naught? He's working out. He's, he's changing. He's doing good things in you. Don't ever give up. Don't ever lose that awe and that reverence, that respect for his authority. That's what awe is. It's a respect. That's why we need more of that in, in everything of our life. I need to respect authority. It's good for me. And it ultimately is going to lead me into the throne room of God. And you too, because we submit to his authority. We submit to what he has done, what Jesus has done on the cross for us. If you haven't received Christ today, please receive him into your heart. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he will accept you. And be born again from above. Make this transition from this kingdom of darkness that we live in and be translated into the kingdom of light in his son Jesus Christ who paid the price for your sin and mine. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news. Let's stand together. Sorry to keep you so long.
Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for your word. And Lord, we pray that you bless us this day. Lord, keep us safe, Lord, today, and keep us all healthy, Father. We pray for your blessing upon this entire fellowship, for every single one, every single child, every single family member, Lord, present or, or absent today. Lord, pour out your spirit upon this fellowship. Heal us, Father, spiritually, physically, emotionally, in every way. Lord, we love you and we thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 God bless you. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Jude. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcasts. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.